Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Lucas Stock and uh, I'm going to be your solo host today for another bonus episode. Um, the Doxology Podcast is dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we explore, discuss, and grow as followers of Christ. On today's bonus episode, um, we're going to do something a little different, um, certainly different for me. <laughs> I'm going to be talking a bit about myself, um, which is not something I necessarily ever expected to spend any significant amount of time doing on this podcast. Um, obviously, I think that as we continue on this journey together, Jens and I are going to get the chance to share more and more about ourselves, but it's never been our vision to sit down and just sort of, you know, record ourselves talking about each other <laughs> or talking about ourselves for other people to uh, to listen to. Um, we, we want to be um, focusing not on ourselves, but focusing on Christ, on this journey of Christian faith that we have, um, you know, highlighted and uh, hopefully has become clear through the these first few episodes that we've had that that is that is our focus and that's where we want our conversation with each other and our conversation with our listeners to to go and to be focused on um so having said all that um today i am going to be spending a little bit of time talking about uh, myself talking about my own story a little bit um and specifically um i'm going to be talking about becoming anglican um so as, you know, if, if you've been with us since the beginning of this podcast, um, you might remember that in the first episode, we, we gave kind of an overview of our um, spiritual biographies, um, if you will. And it, you know, was mentioned that I would consider myself an Anglican Christian. Um, and I think that that has been, you know, sort of evident in the, in the way that I've spoken and, and, and prayed in, in the episodes since. Um, and what I also mentioned in that first episode is that I have not always been Anglican. Um, this is uh, a piece of my faith journey in my life that uh, developed, I guess you could say. Um, it wasn't something that I've always had. Um, and we had a listener reach out over Instagram and ask uh, about hearing more about that journey, about my sort of path that led me into the Anglican Church. So um, we decided it would be worthwhile sharing. And since it's basically just about me, we just wanted to make it a little bonus episode um, with just me sharing. So initially, you know, I want to be clear, I, I hesitated uh, to even make this episode. I, I don't think that many people are, are actually interested in hearing me talk about myself and those that are should probably find something more important to spend their time and energy on, um, especially nowadays. Um, and on top of that, I realized that this is a story that is difficult for me to sort of put together. It's difficult for me to, to tell um, because it's something that I wasn't really aware of as it was happening. Um, I feel like I'm only really piecing it together after the fact, as I look back on these, the last few years, um, of, of my, my life. So 
that being said, I did obviously decide to make this episode. And the reason is um, I, I believe that my own story um, can be of some benefit and, and can touch other people's stories in meaningful ways. Um, as I share lessons that I've learned as um, my own story might shed light on similar experiences that someone else might have had. Um, the significance of my story is not tied into the fact that it's my story, um, but that through it, in unique ways, God um, has led me and taught me. And I think that sharing that um, allows uh, for the possibility that God might teach both me and you as the listener, something about himself, something about how he works, something about um, his relationship in, with us and, and his work in our lives. Um, so all of that being said, um, I don't want to blather on for too long, <laughs> but I wanted to be clear about sort of what my intentions are and what I'm hoping to accomplish uh, ahead of time so that you can listen to my own description of my story with an ear not to, you know, details of my life or, you know, my personal, you know, subjective experience, but ways that that subjective experience might resonate with your own and might reveal certain things about uh, faith that might make you think, that might make you appreciate the Lord in a new way today. Um, and if not, let me know. And then we'll know uh, to sort of tweak our approach with these sorts of episodes or, or conversations in the future. Um, so, you know, sort of giving a little bit of background, um, I came to faith, I was very young, um, shortly after my mom came to faith. Um, I believe I was very small at the time, so I, I'm not quite sure about this, but our the first church that we were a part of was an evangelical Presbyterian congregation that ended up leaving that denomination either while we were there or shortly before. Like I said, I'm not sure. Um, and then after that, we were in Southern Baptist churches for the rest of my um, childhood and adolescence. Um, the, the two congregations that I really remember um, and that really played an important role in my life were both SBC, uh, Southern Baptist Convention churches. Um, one of them was the church that I actually was uh, baptized in when I was 12. Well, actually re-baptized in, um, but that might be another conversation. Um, and then the other one, which we ended up moving to because it was it was closer to home, um, and this is where I spent most of my teen years, um, is where I really, really was discipled in the faith, mentored, given opportunities to be involved in the church and really grew into my own in the faith. And it's also where I dis originally discerned my, my call to ministry, um, which somewhat directly led me to Chicago, um, where I attended uh, Bible college. And that was with the direct intention of pursuing full-time ministry uh, as a, as a you know career, if you can call it that. Um, so, over the course of our years at Moody, um, at the school that I went to, my my wife and I felt that we needed to find a church that we could really settle down in. Um, Elaine, my wife, and I had 
had spent some time in churches around campus and and they were fine they weren't really what we were looking for there were some issues that we found and nothing huge but just we we felt the need to um to to find a church that we could really consider our church home so we you know we're in this position where we're aware of a need to find a church we're doing some research at churches that are around um, the city that are near us that we can get to Um, and I brought up the idea of visiting an Anglican church um, because I had heard about one that a a bunch of other students that I knew um, were either visiting or attending there Um, and I had never been to a liturgical church service before I'd been inside of like a Catholic church you know, that was set up kind of like a museum or something like that. But I had never been inside of a, um, a, a liturgical church during a, a service. Um, and, I, and I also knew absolutely nothing about Anglicanism. Um, I, I, I'm sure I had heard the term before. I knew it had something to do with the Church of England. Um, I, I, don't, I knew nothing about what it meant to be Anglican or what Anglicanism was all about. Um, so for me, I thought, hey, this is a good time to both start searching for a church home and also sort of, you know, try something new and, and, and learn, you know, it's a good opportunity to, to get a new, a new church experience. Um, so that was sort of the impetus for us visiting this church. And we ended up visiting. And then from that Sunday on, never left. <laughs> I mean, we left to go home, but we, every, we came back every Sunday after that, um, for the duration of our time in, in Chicago. Um, and the reason for that was we just felt drawn. I know, speaking for myself, I, I felt just absolutely sure that this was the place I wanted to be. Um, originally, the first thing that stuck out to me was how the experience of the liturgy was completely different than my expectations going in. Um, I remember, I remember, you know, talking to others and describing and thinking about the liturgy as feeling alive. Um, was it was a word that that. I used a lot, um, and I had expected it to feel very dead. Um, I didn't think there was anything, you know, wrong with using a, a liturgical um, framework for worship, but I I just assumed, because like I said, I had never been in a liturgical service. I just assumed it would be boring, rote, ritualistic, um, and not lively, not um, authentic, I guess is probably how I would have described it. Um and that was, like I said, the big thing that stuck out to me at first. Um, so we kept going back. We eventually became members at this church. Um, and, you know, I felt at home, but it wasn't because it was Anglican or not Anglican. Um, I came to appreciate, you know, the, the Anglican peculiarities, you know, like the liturgy, the, the you know, the priests wearing vestments, um, you know, doing things a little more traditionally or, or, you know, what I would later come to realize was, was traditionally. Um, but all of that was, was fine. And I, 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 like I said, I came to appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Um, I found it, uh, edifying and beneficial, but at, at the end of the day, that, that, that stuff was kind of more or less incidental. Um, I felt at home at that church primarily at the time, because, I felt it was a community that worshiped God in spirit and truth, preaching the word, um, you know, doing their best to live out the gospel, teaching the, the faith in an orthodox manner, um, all the things I was looking for in a church. 
Um, so the years went on. Uh, I spent more time in the church, obviously, every Sunday, um, continued moving through my theological education, learning more about church history, about theology, about different different questions that come up, writing all sorts of papers, taking all sorts of classes, and and things were just sort of normal. You know, there, there were no big, like, aha moments about Anglicanism or about the church we were going to or, or anything like that. I, it was just that was the church we were going to. And yeah, we were members. I was a member of an Anglican church, but that in my mind had, had everything to do with the church, the, as in, you know, the local church. It wasn't meant in my mind or intended as a sort of statement about a denomination or a wider church body. Um, again, not because I thought anything was wrong with it. It just wasn't my intention. It wasn't my sort of background motivation. Um, I had wanted to find a local church and I found one. Um, so time, like I said, time continuing on, I, you know, would occasionally run into a question that, you know, I would need to explore a little bit that, that challenged preconceptions or was just different. So like, I remember having a conversation with the, with the rector about, uh, infant baptism and just sort of coming from a, uh, believers baptism background, um, questioning and learning and exploring and wanting to know if the fact that I believed in infant baptism was okay for me to, for, you know, for them, if I continued to come, even though I didn't believe in infant baptism, um, I, you know, started to think more about having communion every week, what communion means, what, what, what is going on in the Lord's Supper, these sorts of questions that, that are tied into a more traditional sacramental liturgical tradition that, that was very different than what I um, had grown up when, grown up with and grown up in. And what's interesting is it really wasn't until my time in Chicago was, was running out pretty being pretty close to over that I that I seriously began thinking through some of these questions like I had I had sort of you know come to terms with the fact that our church baptized infants I wouldn't do it that way but it's a secondary issue um and just kind of left it there and then the last man within the last probably six months of of being in Chicago I, I read a book about infant baptism at my um, at the recommendation of of the priest at that church and was like, whoa, it's actually something that makes sense and maybe I'm changing my mind, <laughs> question mark. Um, but these sorts of bigger turning points in my thinking um, really didn't come until my last six, you know, f- five, six, seven, eight months in Chicago. And Looking back, I think part of that is I was taking a lot of church history classes. I was reading a lot of um, primary sources from the early church, from the medieval church, the reformers, um, people who, you know, uh, for example, on the on the baptism question, who all baptize infants, you know, who who all taught some kind of sacramentalism in in their theology, not only of the Lord's Supper but also baptism, and I think that. What I was learning as I continued to get more and more interested in church history, um, it led me to be learning certain things and reading certain things that just um, made those questions a little more, um, you know, at the forefront of my mind. So I think that's part of it. 
Um, but even at this stage, I, I, I didn't feel as though I was, you know, at some crossroads in my personal faith identity or anything like that. To me, it was just hashing out theology, something that I have, you know, been doing since middle school, probably. Um, so this is all going on, you know, towards the end of my time in Chicago, getting ready to move out back, uh, back East to Massachusetts here. So, um, as Elaine and I are moving, um, we were leaving the Anglican church that we had spent, you know, the last few years in, um, we both agreed that we wanted to, to try and find an Anglican church, um, that we could attend in our new home. So that was sort of our intention. Um, and at this stage, I just knew that I really appreciated what I had been given in the corporate worship of the Anglican Church that we were members of, and I didn't want to give that up. Um, and so we looked, and unfortunately, for a variety of factors, um, we, we weren't able to find an Orthodox Anglican Church close enough to where we were where we're living now that that we could we could you know feel comfortable really getting involved in um so the end of the end of uh when was this we moved in may of 2019 so um the end of the of the spring school semester of last year um i found myself outside of the anglican church sort of not on purpose not because of anything you know, intentional or, or negative or anything. I uh, just, just so happened that way. Um, and over that last summer is, is when I started to notice that I was, I was missing things. Um, I, we, we joined a new church, a congregational church that, that we love. Um, it's fantastic, great leadership, um, really wonderful people in the congregation, um, solid worship and, and, um, you know, really gospel-centered preaching. Um, but I couldn't help but notice, like, I was, I woke up, like, I, I went to church one Sunday, and I was missing taking the Eucharist. Like, like I was like, man, I want to to take communion. It's been a while. Um, and that was so bizarre to me and, and not something that I had ever thought of before. Uh, even while I was taking it every week in the context of an Anglican church, I, I never would have thought that it would have mattered to me, but I found myself hungry for weekly Eucharist from a common cup, common loaf. Um, I, I missed the liturgy. I even missed the vestments, you know, <laughs> these things that I never would have thought were important to me. Um, and they're not important because they're, the only right way or, or, you know, the, the only, you know, good way to go about doing church. But, um, I realized, you know, it, it, it was funny, you know, looking back it, it, you know, I didn't realize until I was outside of the Anglican church, but being outside of it made me realize that the Anglican church was where I felt at home. So it was during this time that I started like actively, calling myself Anglican, saying I am an Anglican. Um, and since then, I've really been diving into the Anglican tradition, um, history, theology, practice, liturgy, 
with with a lot more focus and interest uh, because it's it's become where I have felt at home. And as I do that, I just fall more and more in love with this new, you know, not really new anymore, but um, my relatively new church home. Um, and even though I'm not active in an Anglican church parish in a, a local church currently, um, I, I feel at home when I when I think of the the Anglican liturgy, um, and I imagine um, joining in that that worship service again, um, praying evening prayer with my wife Elaine, you know, simultaneously with millions of other Anglicans around the world, just lifts my heart and my spirit to heaven joining in with a communion of believers that extends through time and space. And it, and it's, it's, a, it's amazing. And, and, um, you know, again, this is all kind of mushy in my mind. It's all happening at the same time. Um, but along with this, you know, increase in my love and appreciation for the traditions of the Anglican church, um, God has really given me a desire to serve his people within the context of the Anglican church and the local church. Um, my my intention my desire is 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 to one day lord willing um you know be ordained in the anglican church to the priesthood um that is that is process that i you know have not started i would still say i'm in the discernment phase and um, i i look forward to the day where i can be um in discernment and in community with an anglican church and and being you know led in that by by clergy who and uh, and uh, members of, of a church who who get the chance to know me and really uh, sit and pray and, and and think with me through these things and and you know like I said Lord willing my desire is is to to be confirmed in that calling and and to serve um, very much in the Anglican Church um, in ministry. Um, so that's you know. I'm not sure if I'm fully satisfied with the way that this story came out, but that's pretty much it. Um, I like to say that I was sort of shaped by being in an Anglican church. It, you know, let me rephrase that being in an Anglican church um, for a few years as my, you know, local church home has, you know, looking back, I would say that it shaped me into being an Anglican. I, I didn't sort of, you know, learn something or, or talk to someone or have a epiphany moment where I realized that I wanted to be an Anglican. And then I started going to an Anglican church. It was, it was the other way around where, um, being in that church context, um, really shaped my heart and my, my spirit into, um, a person who would consider themselves Anglican. Um, so to wrap things up a little bit, um, I wanted to talk about, a little more broadly what I think drew me to Anglicanism um, and then conclude with what I think, you know, if, if there's a lesson or, or a, you know, a nugget that I would want to share with others that I think my journey has to offer um, people who are maybe thinking through their own faith, maybe they aren't believers yet. Uh, maybe they um, are in like a, a, a season of, of, uh, uncertainty about what's next i know in the midst of this pandemic we're all feeling that in different ways um and maybe for you that's you know not being able to worship as a corporate body in person anymore maybe you're rethinking church maybe you're 
asking questions that you haven't before. Maybe you're praying through things in ways that are different and um, hopefully, um, you know, my description of, of my own journey is in some way helpful in, in the way that you approach those questions. So three things about Anglicanism that drew me in and have led me to adopt the what, what I would consider a, a really rich, valuable tradition. I would say those three things are liturgy, history, and theology. Um, first and foremost, the liturgy. The, the Book of Common Prayer, and, and which is very accessible, you, you can see the um, you can read through the a PDF online for free of, of the Anglican Church in North America's 2019 Book of Common Prayer um, online the the liturgy contained in the Book of Common Prayer is is amazing it's it's beautiful it it's orderly um, it's in tune with the mystery of, of, of worship um, and it is a way that communicates the gospel, in so many clear ways on a Sunday morning, um, in, in terms of the senses, in terms of uh, our minds, and in terms of our souls, that I, I, I have not experienced uh, in any other context, and I, um, I just adore the liturgy of the Anglican Church. Um, the best thing to do is to experience it. Find an Anglican church, you know, hopefully an Orthodox Anglican church near you. And just visit, um, just to get a taste of, of what I'm talking about. Um, it's if you if you didn't grow up in a liturgical background, it's going to be very different. Um, but if you go in with an open mind, I, I'm not saying you'll come out being an Anglican, and I'm not even saying that I necessarily <laughs> want that for everybody listening. Um, but I, I I do think everybody should experience um, the Anglican liturgy. Um, at, at some point just just to 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 really be exposed to what I can only describe as just the most beautiful form of, of corporate worship that I've encountered um, and I, I think it's really worthwhile even for people who are not Anglican um, or interested in becoming Anglican um, so besides the liturgy the other thing another thing that really drew me into Anglicanism is, is history um, the Anglican Church is a church that is rooted and connected with the church throughout all ages. Um, the, Christianity, the gospel, came to the British Isles early on, and there has long been, ever since then, um, a really rich tradition and history of Christianity of the Church of England. You know, when it was part of the undivided church, when it was part of the Roman Catholic Church and and following the Reformation when it was, um, you know, an independent church and eventually came to be what we would, you know, look at today as the Anglican, um, the source of the Anglican communion. Um, that history is theological and it's also liturgical. So it the connections to the ancient church aren't just, you know, merely certain ways of talking or dressing or doing worship, but it's also certain ways of doing theology and certain theological positions. You know, I grew up Baptist. The Anglican Church is sacramental in a way that um, my Baptist tradition definitely wasn't. You know, I never used the word sacrament. I talked about ordinances, and they were just sort of, you know, important memorial acts that we do. 
as opposed to um, effectual signs of God's grace given to us as gifts. Um, and part of that um, theology, it comes through the historical nature of the Anglican Church as being very deeply rooted all the way back to the apostles. So that leads into the third um, thing that drew me into Anglicanism, which is the theology. And I place this third um, because I believe that Orthodox Anglicanism certainly offers theological distinctives, but at, you know, at its core, it's a faithful expression of just good, solid Orthodox Christianity, which means that believers from all kinds of different backgrounds um, are going to agree on I would say, the most important doctrines. Um, distinctives such as Anglican ecclesiology or sacramental theology are definitely important, and those are distinctives that people are going to have disagreements on. Um, and I would say that Anglicanism offers deeply biblical, richly traditional, and, and extremely um, deep uh, views and, and positions on those issues. Um, but the core of the Anglican faith is the faith of the apostles handed down by Christ himself as confessed in the creeds that all um, forms of Christianity have uh, held to. And ultimately, um, the theology of Anglicanism as, as a reformed, you know, a reformed Catholic little r, little c faith um, are um, very, very consistent with scripture because they come from scripture. Um, and they're very consistent with uh, the the best of church history because they're connected to church history. Um, so the liturgy, the history, and the theology of the Anglican Church are really what I would say, uh, looking back, have, have drawn me in and, and kept me in um, in the Anglican tradition. Um, so all of that being said, you know, that's all about me. That's all fine and good might be some interesting stuff but where I think that I I think where, where where I think my story can sort of help someone else or not help but offer something to someone else is um, in the way that I believe that God led me into the Anglican Church like I said I, I would say that being present in a local Anglican Church shaped me into an Anglican um, and it comes to me, it comes back to this idea. This, there's a Latin phrase, lex orandi, lex credendi. Um, the, the, the law of prayer is the law of faith, or the rule of, of prayer is the rule of faith. Um, what, what we pray is what we believe. Um, and what that means is, is it reflects this, this connection between uh, faith and practice that prevents our faith from being purely an intellectual exercise of checking all the right boxes or just reading enough books and coming up with enough answers or the right answers. But what we believe is shaped by what we do. How we believe is shaped by how we worship. Um, the, the liturgy, one of the reasons it's so beautiful is it shapes our hearts into worshipers. And like I said, I'm not saying this is the only way to properly worship God. But what's happening on a Sunday morning in an Anglican church is, and, and when you follow the daily office, when you live in the rhythms of the church year, and Anglicans aren't the only ones who do this, 
um, what happens is our, our hearts are, are shaped and molded through habit um, to, to be more conformed to Christ as we adjust our perspectives and our focus to things not of this world, but of the world to come, but of Christ and, and the mysteries of, of the faith. And um, that's what I think is something that everybody needs to think about. I don't care what kind of Christian you are, whether you're seeking or you're where you want to be, where God has, has led you to to be based on your convictions and, and your um, experiences. I think that's, you know, as long as we're talking about Orthodox <laughs> uh, Christianity, um, gospel-centered, Bible-centered um, faith, then I don't really care what kind of church you go to um, per se. Um but I, what I would say is the rule of prayer is the rule of faith, and that is really important. And I see, looking back and trying to piece together this little biography of myself, I see the way that God used the church and the practices of the church, in my case, the Anglican church, to shape me into someone who cares deeply about the church and cares deeply about worship and, and is a better worshiper, is a is more conformed to Christ's image um, as a result of it. And that is why I love the Anglican Church and want to, to be a part of it for the rest of my life here on earth. Um, but that's true of, every, of everybody, of every person, not even just Christians. Um, but as Christians, we need to be worshiping God as his body and when we do that and when we do it rightly we are sh- our, our faith is, is strengthened and confirmed and and shaped to be more and more um what it's meant to be so i don't know if any of that made sense i don't know if i'm rambling um i hope that if you've made it this far that that you you know enjoyed this sort of different kind of episode that you appreciate some of the things that i um, I'm trying to communicate. I, I hope I was clear. Um, and Lord willing, somebody listening um, is, is, is really able to resonate with, with some aspect of my own experience. Um, and like I said, it's not about me. It's about what God has done through me that I believe um, is, is applicable beyond my own personal life. Um, so please, please, if, if you listened and you appreciated it, um, let me know, let us know, let us know how we can do, how we can do better. Um, you know, especially with, with this more sort of introspective, um, a little more low key type of, of content, if that's something that you'd like to hear more of, um, or you never want us to think about doing it again. Um, uh, either way, thank you so much for listening to this episode, this bonus episode of the Doxology Podcast. Um, if you'd like to connect with us, you can you can hit us up on Twitter at Doxology Podcast. You can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at Doxology Podcast. We'd love to hear all your feedback, questions, episode ideas, um, or anything else. Like I said, uh, this was a, a listener request. Uh, a message that we got is what led to me doing this. So please, you know, hit us with anything that you um, want us to, to talk about and maybe we'll, we'll do it on air or maybe we'll, we'll do it right there over the internet. Um, either way or anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and we really appreciate your support, uh, 
in listening, in sharing, in leaving uh, uh, reviews, honest reviews, five star if you like it, one star if you hate it. <laughs> um, and uh, I hope, again, you know, not to sound like a broken record, I hope that this episode was was an encouragement in some way um, and was, was beneficial. Um, I'd like to um, close with uh, a collect from the Book of Common Prayer um, for the Universal Church. Gracious Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Fill it with all truth and all truth with all peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is in error, direct it. Where in anything it is amiss, reform it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in want, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Amen.